Good uh, evening. It's all good, man. Y'all should be awake. It's not like a Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, my name is Marco. I serve as the preaching and teaching pastor here at Storehouse McAllen. Thank y'all so much for joining us on this Christmas Eve. It kind of feels like a Christmas Eve because of the weather, so that's cool. Uh, while I ramble a little bit, uh, man, let me invite you to join me. If you have a Bible with you, whether you're opening it or loading it, let me invite you to Revelation 19. Sorry, tripping some people out. I see people kind of getting stiff-necked on that. Let me invite you to Revelation 19. We're going to briefly look at three verses tonight. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 9. And man, I just want to invite you to lend me your ears for uh, just a brief couple of minutes. Uh, Don't be afraid uh, because it's Christmas Eve and I'm preaching on Revelation. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is good. And so while you flip your, your Bibles or you open them or load them, Uh, Man, I want to, once again, rant just a little bit. During the month of December, and I'm diving right in for the most part, during the month of December, we have been observing the season that is Lent, a celebration of the arrival of Jesus Christ into human history. And in this season, our desire has been for us to cultivate a deeper longing for God. It is an understatement to say that the year 2020 has been a challenge, one that is filled with uncertainty and grief and loss and at times great distress. However, the season of Advent reminds us that the arrival reminds us of the arrival of Christ and that is the hope upon which we cling to in the darkness. It is the splendor that we celebrate in the night. Advent illuminates the darkness and confusion by reminding us that we have not been forsaken. Rather, God himself enters into human history as the man Jesus Christ to live the life that you and I cannot live, die the death that you and I deserve to die, and freely offers us the grace of salvation that you and I cannot earn. And upon repenting of our sin, Christ's death purchases our redemption, that is, freeing us from our bondage to sin and reconciles us to the Father through the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God teaches that after His resurrection from the dead, Jesus ascended into heaven, is alive and well, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and one day He will return to reclaim His bride, the church. Advent also provides a day for us to look forward to. And that is the day that Jesus returns, ruling and reigning, but most of all, claiming his bride. A day where he not only comes for her, but he makes all things new and where he personally wipes away every tear. Tonight, as we look at Revelation 19, God, through the Apostle John, speaks of this great day. 
And so what I'd like to do is read these three verses, and then I'll pray, and we'll dig into our time. This is Revelation. You just got here. We're in Revelation 19, beginning in verse 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, and bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Let me pray. God, as we come before you this evening, we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would be present and at work among us. While it has been a trying year, it has also been a sanctifying year. And we know that our sanctification is your will for us. So tonight, we ask that you would continue to sanctify us through your word, convict us where there is sin, encourage us where we feel weak, and point us to the celebration of the return of Jesus we ask that you would bless this time for your glory and our good. Amen. Last week, I was given the great honor and privilege of officiating a wedding between two members of our congregation. And as a pastor, uh, I get to have the best seat in the house because in this wedding celebration, I get to see a distant slice of what it will be like for the groom that is Christ to come for his bride that is the church. In Revelation 19, God teaches that on this day, as Jesus makes his way toward his bride, he will take full reign of his kingdom. It is as if the Lord's prayer is being fulfilled before our eyes, where in Matthew 6, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is not to say that Jesus isn't ruling and reigning currently, but on this day, Christ's rule and reign will be without any rival or resistance to his kingdom. On this day, Christ demonstrates that his dwelling place is among his people. All the while, on this day, there will be a great multitude, as John says, that the saints will be praising and worshiping and glorifying the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. As it says in Revelation 5, that there will be myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. All the saints will be shouting and crying out, Hallelujah, which means God be praised. All saints on this day will know nothing of division or distress, for they will be praising Jesus for the wedding of all weddings is taking place, and it will be as loud as John says, the roar of many waters and the mighty peals of thunder. 
The Apostle John continues by saying that as Jesus makes his way, the bride, that is the church, will need to be ready and prepared. And the beauty of this is that the church will be ready. She will be prepared, that the church will be adorned because, as John says, the fine linen that she will be clothed in will be the garment of grace that was provided to her by God himself. That the robe of righteous deeds worn by the church will be that of her holiness as she was set apart by God in Christ. Her righteousness was that which was imputed to her by Christ's finished work on the cross. And her brightness and her purity will be because of Christ's faithfulness to her. In this image of Revelation 19, we see the fruition of Ephesians 5, where the church is presented without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, for Christ has washed her with his word, pursued her, and kept her. John concludes by saying that in this spiritual wedding that it will be followed by a great wedding feast. The feast of all feasts. The pachanga of all pachangas. More than likely the saints of the valley will more than likely be coordinating this feast. And he says, blessed are those who are invited. That is, those who belong to Jesus those who have surrendered to his lordship, those who have been redeemed by his blood on the cross. That not only is the church the bride waiting for the groom, but it is the same people who will be celebrating at this great feast. And John says that the angel concludes by saying, these are the true words of God. I want you to know that that is incredibly encouraging because the celebration of Advent reminds us of the reality and reign of Christ who entered into our world, walked in our mess, and took responsibility for our sin. On this day, those celebrating this wedding and feast will be sons and daughters of the Father redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Every wedding and every feast, like the one you're going to have tonight, everyone celebrates in the valley Christmas on Christmas Eve. That is a historical and cultural fact, and to say that Christmas is celebrated on the 25th, you're basically a heretic, right? And so with that being said, just like the feast that you're going to have tonight, I want you to know why it's so important and why I want you to celebrate it so loudly. I want you to celebrate it so loudly because it ought to point you to the greatest and biggest feast of all, the one where Jesus comes for his bride, the church. As we celebrate the holidays, my hope and my prayer would be that tonight points you to the day where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords returns. For one day, the people of God will experience 
the greatest feast of all with joy and laughter that is unstained by sin and sorrow and death and suffering will be a distant memory because it will be no more. Therefore, Christian, I want you to celebrate loudly tonight, even if it's just you and and a couple of people. If you're hanging with friends and family, celebrate loudly and passionately, for that points you to the person and work of Jesus and his ultimate return. And if you are here and you don't know Jesus, let me let you know that, that he invites you to come to know him. And he is ready and prepared and willing to pardon every and any sinner who turns to him in repentance. That not only are you freed from your bondage or your slavery to your sin, you receive a new heart. Therefore, tonight, as we celebrate Christmas Eve, as we reflect on the year, but in particular, as we celebrate our time together tonight, let Advent, the arrival of Jesus Christ into human history, be the hope that you cling to in the darkness, but may it also be the splendor that we celebrate in the light. Let's pray. God, we praise you because of Jesus. God, it is because of Jesus that we have access to you. And to be honest, sometimes we wish that the day we see in Revelation 19 would be here already. So tonight, as we prepare to hang out with friends and family, before getting there, Lord, would you comfort us tonight? Would you call us to yourself? And when we gather with friends and family, would we make it a priority to remember and rejoice that this day that we see in Revelation 19 is coming? That it will be here one day. Namely, Jesus will return one day. And until that day comes, we will continue to enjoy all the meals. We will praise you as we wait. And we will continue to confess our sins before you as you sanctify us. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.